know what we're going to be doing in heaven is worshiping all the time. You know who else was in conflict with the world because he loved the world? Jesus. It's unloving to everyone else to not take seriously whatever role God has given us. And that's why we need parasia. We need all the words. And we need to speak it boldly and clearly. And that, that I think, maybe at long last, and I, want, I have one more thought I want to get back to on friendship of character, but at long last, I think we should talk about this idea of parasia. Mm-hmm. It's a challenging word to, to call people to this kind of way of life, but it is exactly the kind of word uh, that I think is needed right now in the church. Um, it's, a, it's a return. It's a word of return. It's an invitational word. I think it's a hospitable word, but it is an entirely challenging word, and it's a word that needs to be proclaimed clearly and forthrightly, and that then is, I think, is some of the predicate and the namesake of of this of these conversations, which we're calling the Parisian podcast or uh, Parisian conversations. This idea of Parisia is uh, this sort of bold truth-telling, this bold forth-telling, um, this boldness of, of recognizing what are the things for and let, what does it mean to bring our life into conformity with it. Uh, again, Peter Lightheart, who's somebody that we've all uh, come to appreciate and um, are growing in our appreciation more and more, <clears throat> he wrote an article in First Things. You can Google it. Just Google... Um, Google... Uh, Peter Lightheart, First Things, and I think the title is The Church's Free Speech, if I remember correctly. And in that article, he talks about this um, this spiritual gift um, and virtue of parasia, which he refers to uh, with Peter and John in Acts chapter 4 when they're brought to the Sanhedrin and they're being questioned because of the man that was healed. Um, remember the, we all know the story of silver and gold. Have I none, but what I give, what I have, I give to you, uh, rise up and walk. And the man was healed and, um, that was scandalous. Um, perhaps scandal is going to be one of the recurring (laughs) themes, uh, in our conversations. It was a scandalous thing. And, uh, they're brought before the Sanhedrin and they're questioned, and um, they recognize, the Sanhedrin recognize that there's a certain uh, charism, a certain grace that is being conferred on them by the Holy Spirit that allows them to speak with parasia, to speak with boldness. And it's, I believe, in, in Acts 4.13 where it talks about the boldness of, of Peter and John. That word is parasia, which allowed them to speak to the... Um, to the misunderstandings of their day, to, 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 to bring a clear and bold and, and fresh articulation of who Christ is, what he came for, what he came to do, and what it means to come into conformity with that life, it, it required a Parisian word. And um, I think we're all interested in, in clarity um, and... Um, Clarity and boldness, we don't want to be arrogant. We don't want to be, I know none of us want to be arrogant and none of us want to be off-putting or, um, 
know, what are some other good adjectives? We don't want to be un- in dis- you know, um, distasteful. That's not our intent. But I think we all feel a certain unction that the time has come for the need to, to, to re-articulate some things with clarity and boldness um, <clears throat> for the sake of the church mm-hmm. and for the sake of fidelity um, to God and for the sake of our friendship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yes, really... I certainly don't think we want to be discouraging but the, the, or, or any of those negative things that you mentioned, but the encouraging thing that I find in the word itself think etymologically it, it literally just means all the words that we aren't leaving anything out from wait what are we missing here that's kind of the question that what do we need what has been lost and what do we need to recover well parasia is the leave nothing leave none of the words out mm-hmm. recover and let's speak all of the words that god has given us and i think in that we're recovering something that ultimately is for our good for the encouragement for utility but ultimately for that character, that friendship of character that we've been talking about. Yeah. That's yeah. what to me is compelling, encouraging, and desirous of, yeah. of this. Well, and I would just add, um, you know, not to be cynical, um, but in, in terms of all of the words, you know, sometimes the truth gets left out, <laughs> yeah. especially in the church, um, that we're afraid to tell the truth. Um, instead of telling the truth... Um, because we care about people's character, because we care about them, their salvation, because we care about them becoming the kind of creatures and image bearers and citizens of the kingdom mm-hmm. that um, they are destined and designed to become. And so there, there, is, there is something there in truth-telling that's necessary that we think in our day and age in this society— you know, um, everyone, you know, there might be a lot of forthrightness, but not necessarily truth telling. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say to that point, maybe one way to make it explicit is that I think we've experienced each other in this group of three to be, we've experienced those ramas, those words from each other of great truth and challenge. We've been on the receiving side of, I think, I think you're not quite thinking Christianly about this at the moment. I've been on the receiving end of that. <laughs> I'll just speak for myself. But that, that ultimately is a gift. And that mm-hmm. gift encourages my growth in Christ when I have those words from you as my brothers um, in the faith. And so I think perhaps as we have our, our learning to speak Parisianly to each other, um, we don't, I, I, I at least don't assume a position of like like you were saying, Nate, a kind of arrogance to to presume that that we sit on high to proclaim it out upon the masses below, but rather we are learning in Christ to speak praisingly to each other, mm-hmm. and therefore we want to offer that as a as a humble gift uh, to others to our mm-hmm. church um, as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say that uh, our desire for parasia has. Um, has started with the three of us, you know, we're not, we're not, um, charging boldly and, uh, speaking forthrightly, uh, with everybody we're meeting here in the halls, um, at the church. I think our ministry is one that is growing, uh, more and more confidently and boldly in proclamation of certain things. I, <clears throat> I, uh, think that per, the Parisian, uh, grace, because, uh, clearly in Acts 4, 
uh, Luke, as he's writing that, connects that the Holy Spirit is on Peter and John in a particular way to give them a, a grace and a spiritual gift for, for praisia. Um, there's a grace that allows them to be high truth. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's sort of there's 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 been uh over the years you know this idea of the dichotomy between grace and truth as if grace kind of balances out truth you know truth is the sharp edge and grace is the the uh or or um truth is the is the hammer and grace is the velvet that we cover the hammer in so that it's it's uh it's it's more it's easier to receive kind of a thing but actually in, in Acts four, it's the grace that allows for the existence of the truth at all, um, and and the truth to be spoken. But <clears throat> so we're not we're not three hammers who are looking for rocks to crush, but but we are. We're all kind of captivated by this, and we've entered into friendship. To go back to this friendship theme, you know, one of the things. Uh, one of the reasons why I I enjoy talking with you guys is there is a mutuality between the three of us that we've come to in, recognize and and enjoy that we all speak truthfully to the th- to the th- to one another the three of us and we do that because we're all committed to each other's character we're all um, we all love each other in that way. And we want to see each other grow. We've been, I think we've been really complimentary to mm-hmm. each other and we enjoy what we, what we see uh, in one another. And we are committed to seeing that promoted and flourishing to, to grow into its fullest capacity. And so I'm, I'm better for having known you guys. And I, hopefully your life has been enriched in some measure by getting to know me. Um, but to, to take it one step further, because we, we all, see that we want to be in right relationship with Jesus. He's above us, all three of us. Uh, and we all have a connection to Christ in a, what I think is a friendship of character. We love Jesus for, because of who we see him to be, King, our King, our, our priest, our prophet, um, the Alpha and the Omega, the, the one to which my whole life is, is forfeit to willingly because of what he did for me. And, and I see all of that. We're all in, we all have bonds of friendship with Christ and that bond of friendship with Christ in, is Mm -hmm. the thing that binds us together, the three of us Mm -hmm. together. And so there's this, there's this union that happens and we want to bring others into that bonding effect. Um, This is what Augustine called and, and uh, the phraseology came to me through another theologian, which, um, We'll probably be dropping theologians' names throughout uh, throughout these conversations, but a guy that I've read and enjoy is, is Oliver O'Donovan, <clears throat> and he wrote a book called Common Objects of Love, which is a uh, he's just working with Augustine on on this, and he's he's talking about the thing that binds us together, the thing that makes a community or a koinonia, uh, a a a, a common wealth is. Um, our common objects of love, the things that we hold together, um, that koinonia is what makes a community. We've enjoyed a community between the three of us because we have Christ in common. He is our object of love and he, he provides the, the conditions for us to love each other and to pursue each other in Christ. As we pursue Christ 
individually. We pursue friendship with one another and we encourage one another in our common friendship and in our friendship with Jesus. And we want others to join in. Mm. And this is, uh, this, uh, to, to add another theological idea is, is this is kind of the, uh, the perichoresis or the dance, you know, mm. where we want others to join into the dance that, that, that relationship, that, that, um, the penetrating life of Christ in my life, uh, and then my life penetrating into your life, Kyle, and your life penetrating into Peter's and Peter's into mine and all mm -hmm. into each other as we have a common relationship with God. We want to see that happen with others. We hope that these conversations will be uh, helpful in that. And that that kind of a life, I think to bring it around full circle on another idea, that's worship. Mm. That's 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 a broad conception of worship. That kind of totalitizing life of relationship with God and relationship with others in which we have a ordered life where we all learn our steps in the dance and we dance them mm -hmm. with power and skill and grace. And it's beautiful to behold. That's worship. Mm -hmm. And that's a very rich and substantive and I think compelling vision for what the Christian life is. And it's one that is not being communicated very clearly right now. And that's why we need parasia. We need all the words mm. and we need to speak it boldly and clearly. Mm.